Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. we got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways all righty folks today is another big old sunday the second day of eight games over two days and we got four more today folks and if it's any indication on what happened yesterday in the nba going to be absolutely fantastic that bucks heat game going into overtime absolutely fantastic the mavericks beating the clippers oh my goodness and you know we may have to kind of retool our thinking a little bit in that series because if you remember what happened last year in the playoffs. I mean, the Mavericks were beating the Clippers until Porzingis couldn't go anymore, and that's really when the Clippers took over. Now Porzingis is back healthy, and they're back to beating that Clippers team. So, uh, very well done to them. We'll talk about that game when we get to it, but man, oh man, I, we may have kind of swung and missed on the Clippers. We knew we, we're, we weren't big on the Clippers. A lot of people are having the Lakers and the Clippers getting to the Western Conference Finals. It's just like, did y'all I, I, I know they got the big stars, but there's other teams that just don't have LeBron James, and they're still good. The Suns, the uh, the the Nuggets, even though they lost last night, truly unfortunate. That Blazers Nuggets game that was good as well. Um, the Suns are better than all those teams, the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, but we got the Lakers Suns tonight, so that's gonna be a great one. And then what was the last game? The other game, uh, the Nets Celtics went exactly how we thought it would. Not as much of a blowout as we thought it would be. Uh, what was the final score? Like ten points, and the spread was like minus eight. The Nets minus eight. They won by ten. So I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a bigger blowout than that, but uh, we'll see what happens in the game too. So we're breaking down all the games from last night. We're going to do our moneymaker for today's action. Games are tipping off at 1 o'clock today, so we are going to go a little bit quicker through the show today. Try to get done before 1 o'clock so we can kind of, you know, all, you know, watch the game, have our moneymaker picks filled out before the game start, and a uh, little extra, uh, extra couple of minutes for me to upload the show and get it distributed out there uh, so I can also watch on time with every one of y'all uh so we're gonna go maybe a little bit quicker today in the show but uh breaking down the games from last night doing our money maker for tonight's action and jumping right into the stories of the day so let's just get right into it and the first story up is the Patriots have had internal discussions about acquiring Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones Okay, all right, they've had internal discussions. Okay, we're going to get in the article in a second and see if there's any really kind of meat or substance in this article, or is this just a clickbait, clickbait headline? Because we haven't really heard about the Patriots. Well, we let's first of all say this. I mean, we really haven't heard any team really being like, oh my, well, we don't even know if Julio Jones is going to get traded, first of all. We, you know, he could get traded after June 1st, uh, but we also haven't really heard of any team really, you know, making a big push or, you know, coming out and really being like, oh yeah, we've got a really good chance. We haven't seen Julio Jones talk out and be like, hey, I actually want to go here. So we have like no real indications whether Julio Jones wants to get traded um, and really any team's that may have wanted to trade for him. We haven't really heard about this. The only way, the only reason we are talking about Julio Jones right now is because a day or two before the draft, or maybe even on draft day, I'm forgetting the actual day, but Adam Schefter comes out and, be, and says, hey, if uh, the Falcons get rid of Julio Jones after June 1st, they save a lot of money towards the cap. So that's where this narrative and this story is coming from, just based off that one tweet alone, and now we are getting closer to June 1st, so the story is once again resurfacing. We also just saw uh, DraftKings released the odds. Let me bring that up. We just talked about it yesterday on the show. But uh, DraftKings released the odds of where Julio Jones is going to be playing in this season, 2021, with Atlanta being number one. And then we also see New England on this list. So New England at plus 700. So another, you know, maybe New England saw this and now these stories are coming out, or maybe this story is backing up the odds of New England plus 700. So let's see what we get in this article right here. Any concrete information? I mean, it's just internal discussions. I mean, what are you classifying as internal discussions? Because if uh, if an internal discussion is this, you know, coaches just kind of talking like, oh, you, you heard, um, you know, the Falcons could save a lot of money if they trade Julio Jones after June 1st. Oh, really? We should go get him. Yeah, we should. 
and then they go back to business. Now, if that's an internal discussion, every I can guarantee you every single team has had an internal discussion. So this is a nothing burger. But let's see what we get here in this article. Short article, like four paragraphs. So I'm assuming nothing good. But let's read in what we get. Uh, so here we go. The Falcons have been listening to trade offers on Julio Jones for some time. Count the Patriots among those kicking the tires on acquiring the perennial Pro Bowl wide receiver. The New England... New England has had internal discussions about Jones. NFL Network's Mike Giardi, Giardi reported. The dialogue could intensify for several teams as June 2nd approaches. That's when Atlanta could save more than $15 million against the cap by releasing or trading, so they can trade or release them, the 32-year-old star. Uh, the latter option is obviously preferred, obviously, because they would get something out of it, um, as Jones would figure to net a notable haul, like we just said. Um, after all, he's still producing at an elite level. Jones has made first or second Pro Bowl, pro, All-Pro in five consecutive seasons prior to playing just nine games last year because of an injured hamstring despite his lingering ailment he averaged 85.7 yards per game in 2020 the otherwise durable jones averaged uh 1500 yards per season from 2014 to 2019 such production would play anywhere of course in interesting Inserting Jones into the Pats' depth chart would not only give them a true go-to target, but presumably elevate the whole group into one of the league's better units. No, they, no, he wouldn't, folks. What are we talking about? One of the league's better units just because they have Julio Jones? Let's bring up the Patriots' depth chart. I mean, first of all, we can start with our quarterback. I mean, Cam Newton, uh, what are we talking about on that? I mean, we're not going to be really kind of rooting for him or kind of expecting him to do anything this season. I mean, we just did that last season, so we're not going to go and do it again. Now, if he surprises us and plays well this season, then we'll definitely, you know, applaud it and respect it and we'll talk about him. But we gave him the benefit of the doubt last season. It did not pan out well. So we're not going to do the same thing every single season. I mean, we're off of him. We're on to new and better quarterbacks now. We're on Daniel Jones. We're on who are who else are we on this season? Daniel Jones. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, these are the quarterbacks that we're on this year. Cam Newton, he's an afterthought now. It's unfortunate, but he has not shown that he can really just get it done by throwing the ball himself. And if, if, if Lamar Jackson cannot get it done by running the ball himself, I've got no hope for Cam Newton. I'm taking Lamar Jackson over Cam Newton as a pure runner. I know Cam Newton's bigger than Lamar Jackson, but I'm taking the speed and the shiftiness of Lamar Jackson over Cam Newton. I'm sorry. And I do think Lamar Jackson has a better arm than Cam Newton. So I am a little off of Cam Newton now. Um, so here we go. Their wide receiver core is Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and then you bring in uh, Julio Jones. But does that make this New England Patriots team one of the best wide receiver cores? I don't think so. I'm taking I'm taking the box. Obviously, they've got you know pieces, pieces, pieces everywhere. Um, I'm taking the the Colts. I'm taking Michael Pittman Jr. I'm taking T.Y. Hilton over uh, this New England squad. Uh, who else am I taking? What else we got? Um, I'm taking I'm taking the, the the Chiefs. I'm taking Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill over what the New England's doing. I'm taking the Giants offensive roster of Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, and I can name four other but uh, four others. But I'm forgetting John Ross, and he's on their bench. He's their fifth option. John Ross is their fifth option. So yes, I'm taking. Uh, I don't think Julio Jones really makes this New England Patriots team that much better, and I really don't think Julio Jones wants to go to New England anyway. I really don't don't think he would want to play with Cam Newton. And if we go back into this article, uh, you know, saying that, you know, they could also release him or trade him, I don't think that Arthur Blank would kind of disrespect Julio Jones by not, if they did trade him, uh, I don't think Arthur Blank would trade Julio Jones to a team that he did not want to go to. I believe if they were actually going to trade him, Arthur Blank would be like, all right, Julio, we definitely appreciate everything you've done for this team, this franchise. You got us to a Super Bowl. Uh, you've made us so much money in jersey sales and uh, ticket sales and, you know, being on television and just your personality and your greatness on the field. So we definitely appreciate everything you've done. Unfortunately, we are going to have to move off of you this season. It does, you know, help out the business. 
this help out the team a little bit more but we don't want to kind of you know think we're just tossing you to the curb so write down your top five teams in order one through five we're gonna try to get you to that number one if we can't get you if we can't work out the deal if any of your top five teams will just release you and then you can go in wherever you want wherever you know whoever whichever team and wherever you want to go where, uh, where they're willing to go pick you pick you up so that's why I can't really count on the Patriots of a solid landing spot of Julio Jones. I just don't think Julio himself would want to be playing with Cam Newton. I think he's going to go to a Super Bowl-level team right now with a Super Bowl-level quarterback right now, and I do not think that is Cam Newton. I think that's the Colts with Carson Wentz, obviously the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, the Bucks with Tom Brady, but the Bucks have already got a plethora of wide receivers. They're not going to go actively for Julio Jones, especially because he's going to be a little bit pricey um, where everybody else was taking pay cuts on that team. So I do not see the Falcons being true contenders here for Julio Jones, um, but we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Like we said, we still got uh, another week. One more one more full week? No, like a week and a half, kind of. Um, we've got, uh, yeah, basically a week and a half. Not this Wednesday coming up, but next Wednesday, that's June 2nd, where if anything happens with, with Julio Jones, that's when it's going to begin to start happening. So we still got about a week and a half to kind of collect all this data to see what's actually going on with Julio Jones. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't really know about, you know, pay, Patriots having, uh, internal discussions didn't really get anything in this article so um, yeah I just I really don't see him going to the Patriots I, I don't think I think this is kind of a fake story or just a story just to say it to get content out there but I do not see Julio Jones going to the Patriots in any form trading if he, I don't think he gets traded there and I don't think if they cut him that he just wing, willingly goes to the Patriots Alrighty, we uh, let's move on to this one. We get Derrick Henry back in the lab working out in the gym, and we're always just so impressed by Derrick Henry's workout. But that's not why we're bringing it up this time. It's because he's working out with Julio Jones, folks. He's working out with the man, and we just told y'all yesterday on the show that um, Derrick Henry is kind of pleading for Julio Jones to go to the Titans. He kind of quotes the tweet. Can I bring it up real quick? I'm not finding it. I did like it, and we did talk about it on the show, but he, uh, Derrick Henry, quote, tweeted a tweet saying, you know, Julio Jones is potentially up for trade, and Derrick Henry was like, yeah, tighten the fuck up, baby. Let's get him here. They just lost uh, a, or who'd they lose? Was it Corey Davis? They kept A.J. Brown. I think I got it wrong uh, the last time I talked about it. They lost one of their great, you know, tall, deep threat wide receivers that they've been rocking with for the last two years. Uh, they still got A.J. Brown, so they let go. They got rid of Corey Davis in this offseason, so bringing in another A1 tier one tall, fast, deep threat wide receiver to compliment A.J. Brown to help Ryan Tannehill out because we know Ryan Tannehill has a little bit of a lower ceiling than other quarterbacks in this league and definitely was taking advantage of all the height at the wide receiver position last year and the last two years. Honestly, they've made the playoffs. They made, folks, the, Ryan Tannehill made the AFC Championship game and we love, I love Ryan Tannehill. Don't get me wrong. I thought he was serviceable with the Dolphins. I thought uh, he got a lot of slack that he didn't really deserve. I, I put all all the blame of the Dolphins fail failures on the head coaches that um coached Ryan Tannehill, Adam Gase, and uh who was the old guy that was literally the the worst decision of a head coach ever. Um Ryan Philbin, uh, something Philbin, uh, but he was absolutely trash as well, so uh, Ryan Tannehill really got the short end of the stick there with the Dolphins, but he's really been solid here for the Titans, just being that game manager, they've got the great running back, they've got great wide receivers, and Ryan Tannehill was just playing above average football, game manager type football, and got you to the AFC Championship game, so if they bring in Julio Jones, watch out for this Titans team to jump right back up to where they were, not last season, because they weren't the greatest last season, but two seasons ago, when they made it to the the AFC Championship game. So, if uh, you know Julio Jones and they're working out, him and Derrick Henry getting ready, getting right, there is kind of a position open for Julio Jones on that team. So they have two six. How tall is Julio Jones? Six three, six four. Let me get that up. Because I know AJ Brown's like six three too. That was so great about AJ Brown and Corey Davis. Yeah, Julio Jones is six three, and AJ Brown is. Oh, he's only six foot? How tall was Corey Davis? 
Corey Davis was 6'3 then? They got raw, they got rid of the wrong wide receiver. You got to get rid of the shorter wide receivers. Always go with height. That's uh, how I would build my football team in every single position is speed and height. That's all I want to see. I'll teach you tackling. I'll teach you big hit ability. But you got to get there first. You got to get to the tackle first. Uh, and you got to get there quickly before the first down. So that's why I want speed and I want height for the deep ball. Uh, but let's get back to uh, these players' heights here. Corey Davis, what do we got here? He's got He's 6'2", I'm pretty sure. At least. 6'3", yeah, okay. So I think they got rid of the wrong wide receiver, but still six, you know, six foot's the, the baseline of, you know, good height. Uh, I'm liking six one and above, but I'll take six foot. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they'd still have nice tall wide receivers bringing in this A1 tier one Hall of Fame level uh, deep threat in Julio Jones. And then you got the freaking Derrick Henry to still worry about. Oh my goodness. The play action is going to be unstoppable. And we know that's what Ryan Tannehill loves. Ryan Tannehill is one of the best kind of throwers of the football on the run. It's, it's, Russell Wilson and uh, Ryan Tannehill, they both throw so great on the run. Play action, spinning out right, launching it, launching it, twisting their hips, getting it right, throwing it 45, 50 yards down the field on the run on play action. It's fantastic. So uh, it would be absolutely almost unstoppable, unguardable, having to play Derrick Henry, having to play Julio Jones, having to play the the fake ability of the play action with Ryan Tannehill, the, 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 the out-of-the-pocket pass on the move passing of Ryan Tannehill it may be a little bit too much and it could put uh, the Titans at the top of the AFC honestly if the defense is going to pan out like we think it is going to be uh, this season so Julio Jones and Derrick Henry are working out Derrick Henry said I wanted you next day they're working out together I'm gonna take that as a little bit of a hint and uh, say that uh, Julio Jones is very interested in Derrick Henry's offer to team up in uh, Nashville so we'll, we'll see like we said I mean we've still got a week and a half before any news about Julio Jones really is going to be solidified and confirmed and all that but uh, you know we can always kind of dig through some of these uh, other kind of you know um, circumstantial evidence. I love circumstantial evidence, folks. I would convict. <laughs> I would convict based uh, solely on circumstantial evidence. That's all I. Care. That's all I care about. I'll make my own conclusions. Give me the evidence here. Uh, so, <laughs> Derek Henry and Julio Jones are working out together, folks, and that's no bueno for the rest of the league. I'll tell you that. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Real interesting here. I don't know if this is real or fake. This is from Dolphin Nation on Twitter, folks. So take it maybe with a little bit of a grain of salt. But uh, he says that the Jacksonville Jaguars had the same grade on Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddell as they did on Trevor Lawrence, which is really interesting. Uh, we know that uh, the Jags were really locked in to taking Trevor Lawrence at number one. There was really no other lanes. There were really other paths to really go down. They needed that franchise quarterback. Urban Meyer, a new rookie head coach in this league, you gotta go. You gotta go and get your guy. We just saw Robert Sala do it. Uh, the 49ers did it as well. They don't have a new head coach, but they still did it anyway. So. They needed to go get their kind of franchise quarterback, and Jalen Waddle wasn't there for their second pick. That's why they went with uh, running back Travis Etienne at uh, pick number twenty-five. But, uh, you know, we'll see what Jalen Waddle can do this season. He wasn't our number one wide receiver on our big board. We wanted Devontae Smith. But, hey, I'm not going to – like I said, I'm always going to roll with what Brian Flores thinks is the best option. I respect him. He's he's won my trust over. You know, I, re I respect the heck out of this man. I thought he he's really turned around this team instantly the second he got there. So, we're always kind of um, going to – respect his decision and roll with it and believe in it and rock with it and root for it. So – We'll see how Jalen Waddle kind of uh, plays out the season, but uh, if he is as big as everybody says he is, he's going to be a dangerous player in this league, and definitely I'm all about it. What are you crazy? Of course I'm about it. So uh, we'll see what uh, Jalen Waddle's looking like this season. But uh, the Jaguars were pretty high on this man. All right, let's head over to some NBA stories now. All right, Victor Oladipo could be cleared for full contact in November. So a real lengthy injury here, unfortunately for him. But uh, Woj says this, that Dr. Jonathan Glashow, Glashow, 
tells ESPN, quote, the quad wasn't really hooked up. It was torn and I reattached it. I was amazed he was playing with what he had. I'm very optimistic that I could clear him in six months by November. I think he's going to play really well again. And that's definitely a great sign to see. Victor Oladipo is a very special talent in this league. Um, Definitely deserves to be, you know, one of the top 50 players in this league. Explosive, point guard, can hit the shots, can drive, can lead a team. So, you know, when he went down for the heat, definitely a big blow for them. But, uh, you know, for him to be out this long, and we just heard kind of Adam, um, or um, who's the uh, commissioner of the, Adam Silver, right? Yeah, that's right, Adam Silver. Uh, We just heard Adam Silver say that the NBA is trying to get back to their regular schedule by starting in October next year. So um, if this story is right and if uh, Oladipo stays on track, he may miss the first month of next season, uh, but will be good for basically the rest of the regular season uh, starting in November. So we'll see if the NBA starts on the date that they want. We'll see if he's uh, Victor Oladipo is cleared by November. And uh, we'll see if uh, he's still going to be on the heat. Maybe that he get rid of him, you know, all right, we tried it. It didn't work, unfortunate. We really just traded you just for this season where maybe you are going to rebuild after this season depending on what happens in this Buck series. Um, or, or, you know, they're just going to get Victor Oladipo right acclimated, get him back in here for the Heat. So we'll see where he's going to play. We'll see if he sticks with the Heat. But uh, Victor Oladipo should be good to go uh, probably a month into next season. But uh, it's going to be there, you know, when the thick of it starts to happen. And that's what you want. So uh, definitely wishing this man a speedy recovery. And it seems to be all solid after this injury. Just got to go and rehab and get right. Alrighty, let's keep going here. And man, oh man, did y'all feel it? Did y'all feel last night, all day, yesterday? I mean, there is, you can, there's a clear, clear difference. 1,000% night, day, clear difference between regular season basketball and playoff basketball. And man, oh man, did we just get introduced to playoff basketball yesterday, folks. Great games, competitive, all the stars playing, and that's exactly what you wanted no game time decision no oh I'm out I, I'm you know I'm taking load management no 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 this we're in the series now baby we're in the playoffs no rest you are in for 35 40 minutes all the stars are playing we're only taking three players off the bench and it's high intensity play every single possession and that's exactly what we got last night and uh, hey we'll start here the Clippers staring down Maxi Kleber after the wild post that Kawhi Leonard put this man on and just look at these men barking and mean mugging we got Paul George Marcus Morris and even Kawhi himself the emotionless Kawhi getting into the freaking mean mug as well man oh man you felt the playoff intensity just look at that that's intimidating no they're just staring this man down after he just got freaking posterized after he just got murdered the man got murdered and they're all just staring him down like yeah bruv what's up do it again, do it again, do it again, you understand me, do it again, see what happens, so I mean, man, oh man, the intensity was there, I freaking love it, unfortunately, the Clippers lost, so, not the greatest look in hindsight, but at the moment, this is what it's all about, folks, high intensity, yes, sir, pumping up your team, getting right, I mean, just trying to kind of you know, little psychological games just kind of staring them down and everybody's getting involved. I mean, Paul George and Marcus Morris, they didn't even dunk. They didn't dunk on him. It was just quiet, but they all were there doing it. The mean mug, the stare down, and I'm all about it, folks. Yes, sir. This is competition. This is high-level competition. And like I just said, folks, I am here for it one trillion percent, folks. I love high-level competition and uh, playoff basketball. Oh, man, that's high-level competition I'm definitely about so we got that but we also got one more folks in the same game Luka Doncic getting into all the kind of you know trash talk and all this so early on in the Clippers Mavericks game Luka Doncic going against Patrick Beverly 
going off, kind of, you know, bodying him, and Patrick Beverly goes flying a little bit, and Luka Doncic gets the easy layup after, and Luka Doncic yells out, you're too fucking small The Patrick Beverly after this, look at this man go, and then the freaking, the energy, you're too fucking small, bro, get off, what are you doing, bro, you don't know who I am, I'm Luka Doncic, bro, I'm only 22, and I'm bodying you, what's up, what's up, get big, get big, bruv, and, uh, the Mavericks ended up winning this game as well, so I absolutely love it. The playoff intensity, um, you know, the mean mugging, the disrespectful banter, the get off me, the, you know, going strong to the bucket, laying it up over your competition. There's nothing better. And folks, we get another full day of it today, so I'm absolutely about it. Hopefully we get some more great moments like these two that we just shared here, but... I'm all for it. Talk your talk. Do your thing. Go out and win the game. Be competitive. Be intense. And let's go get it done, folks. Let's go get the win. So absolutely love it. And we'll see what uh, today has in store for us. All right. And then the last story to cover for today. Charles Barkley says uh, the NBA ain't got no balls to fucking suspend LeBron James. And he's kind of right. I mean, we talked about it on the show yesterday. LeBron James kind of uh, violating the uh, the safety protocols of the NBA a little bit, partying with Drake. We've got no problem with it. We would have done the same thing. If you have an opportunity to party with Drake, you go and take that invitation. 1,000 times out of 1,000 times you do that. So we're not, you know, disappointed or uh, mad at LeBron James for doing that because the very next night he hit the game winner over Steph Curry. So, I mean, it obviously didn't affect him. Now it brings in the health and safety. Uh, not everybody's vac vaccinated in the, in the NBA. So I get it from that standpoint in a little bit. But we're starting to kind of ease the protocols a little bit more. Uh, fans in the stands. The Knicks are having 15,000 fans in today's game. Cannot wait for that one. That one's going to be fantastic. Uh, fans in the stands with that Knicks defense. That that may be enough to carry them over uh, against the Hawks in their series. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, what Charles Barkley is saying here is kind of actually a 1,000% correct. I mean, we just saw Steph Curry get eliminated from the playoffs. They're not going to lose their other cash cow with LeBron James for suspending him. And then we know if they suspend LeBron James for 10 days, he's not going to um, – the, the Lakers will not win a single game against that Suns team, and they will get swept, and that means no LeBron James in the second round. We still don't, we still don't think LeBron's going to get to the second round anyway, but let's see him in the first round to potentially get to the second round and at least we would have that first round money of LeBron so that's you know what the NBA is thinking but uh, yeah the NBA I mean they know where their bread is buttered folks and we're not going to get into this whole China NBA thing but we are going to touch on it I mean when that came out that what was it the uh, the general manager or the owner of the Hawks tweeting in support of Ch the Chinese protests and all that and then the NBA shut that shit down real quick because they know where their bread is buttered there is money money folks like money Money, money. Like, there's U.S. money, but that China money, nah, that, that makes you go bad a little bit. That China money, because it's just so much money. So, uh, you know, the NBA, they, uh, all right, we know we got LeBron James. Let's keep it. We're not going to do anything. We're going to kind of look the other way a little bit, just like they did with that whole, you know, big C thing as well. Just kind of look the other way, shut it down, look the other way. They know where the bread is butter. So, you know, Charles Barkley saying, no, they've got no balls to suspend LeBron James. Yeah, they're in the business of making money, and that would not make money. So, of course. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Charles Barkley is just right here. He is just right. Um He's just right. <laughs> He's literally just right. So, um, but uh, I don't think, I think a lot of people are blowing it out of proportion as well. Um, I mean, y'all want him to be suspended. Like, I, I, like, I don't get it. I understand in the regular season, Kevin Durant, uh, had a false negative and was still out 10 days. I get it folks. I truly do. But we're talking regular season folks. All right, you know, mm, it's a little different here. And LeBron James, now, if LeBron James floundered in this Warrior series, I would say 100% suspend the man. Suspend the man because you're taking parties. You're taking, it was for his uh, tequila brand. Uh, you're taking, you know, that kind of sponsorship better, or, um, more highly over basketball, and then you just floundered over Steph Curry. Uh, yeah, I, I would be in favor of that suspension, but it literally in the grand scheme of thing didn't ruin anything. And folks, you know, we're kind of in the back half of the COVID, uh, of the COVID 
dilemma, pandemic. Um, you know, people are, the vaccines are available, folks. I mean, that's what we were all waiting for, no? I mean, we can start going back to normal. The vaccines are here. That is it. You want it? Go get it. They're all there. It's not like they're in demand. They're in big, short of supply. You can go, you can go get one at a 7-Eleven, folks. A Slurpee and a shot. It's a combo. $7.95. <laughs> $7.95. Um, and then you get, you get entered into a free million dollar lottery by your states. So yes, go get the shot if you want it. But you know, to kind of, you know, keep on with this COVID narrative when all the other solutions are still available. And the fact that, you know, the basketball players were still playing every single night, even though the COVID, you know, through the entire pandemic, the NBA was the first to come back, the first sports to come back. So what are we talking about here? Let's all, you know, get off of our high horses a little bit here and start, you know, just thinking a little bit more logically, please, just in the entire grand scheme of every single piece of information that has ever came out in the universe. Let's go a little bit more logically given the grand scheme. Let's be outside unobjected observers, observers, folks, on every single piece of information that is out there. So, so I'll just take it easy a little bit. Uh, but we'll just leave it at that, I guess. Uh, you know, highly controversial topic for some for some reason people can't people can't control themselves uh but uh you know we'll we'll just leave it at that i think we've we've said we've said we've said enough i believe um to get our point across but um yeah i think uh yeah we'll leave it there and uh those were all the stories that we needed to uh cover for today uh, so let's head over to the NBA, break down those great playoff games that happened last night, and get us ready. We are half hour, 29 minutes out. Well, probably even um, probably even a little bit more. I mean, uh, a Twitter user po- I mean, put it perfectly last night. Those play-on games started right on schedule, folks. That game started at 7.30. That game was tipping off by 7.32, folks. No problem. All of the playing tournament games. Uh, but now these playoff games, games are starting at 2. That game last night, that Bucks Heat game didn't even start start to like 2:20. It was a solid 20 minutes after the official start time. So, um and he that Twitter user uh, just put it perfectly. I forgot who it was, so I apologize for not giving you all the credit for it. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, this game is supposed to be tipping off at 1 o'clock today. Uh, the 1 o'clock game is um Let's see what it was. I'll just go to it, I guess. Uh, the 1 o'clock game today is the Wizards and the 76ers. So, expect that to tip off at like 1:20. <laughs> all right. So let's go to the games from last night. We'll do our moneymaker for tonight's action. And I think that's all we're going to do for today uh, for today's show. But uh, let's get right into it here. First game up is the Heat and the Bucks. And man, oh man, what a great game. Probably the best game of last night. The closest game. The other games were kind of close for the first kind of half. But then the, the teams that ended up winning really took control. Second half, fourth quarter. Where this Heat-Bucks game just going back and forth all game goes into overtime. And then the Bucks just win by two after Jimmy Butler hits the game-winning shot. Or the game-tying shot to go into overtime. And then the Bucks are able to kind of close out in the overtime period very closely though. Uh, so. Best game of the night was uh, the early game. Don't think that's going to happen today with the 76ers-Wizards being the 1 o'clock game. I mean, that Knicks-Hawks game, I believe at 7.30-ish, that's going to be the one, folks. That is going to be the game today, uh, tonight. We cannot wait for but let's get into this uh, Heat Bucks game first. Um, so let's start here with the Bucks since they ended up winning. All right, here we go. Giannis, 26 points, 5 assists, 18 rebounds, 6 of those offensive. But man, oh man, this man was absolutely not clutch last night. And the big things that we've been talking about all season long on Giannis, the three-point ball and the free throws are absolutely abysmal. And that's exactly what we got from him last night. 0 of 3 from the 3, but even more disastrous was his free throw attempts, folks. 6 of 13, 46% from the line in a playoff game folks it only went to overtime because he could not hit the free throws in the fourth quarter and we literally saw this literally the first game of the season Giannis coming out at the free throw line to win the game and loses no time left he got fouled go to the line win the game he flounders I think he missed both and they lose one to tie two to win I believe that was the scenario and he misses both and they lose the literally game one it was game one or game two but I'm 99% sure it was game one um, but so it's just Giannis, please step up. And we just chose the Bucks to win the title um, when we walked through the playoffs. But man, oh man, Giannis really let us down. And we're not going to try and get a, we're not going to, 
totally bail on the Bucks, but we are going to wait till game two. And if Giannis is still looking super lackluster, we are going to have to change our pick for uh, title contenders, title winners. NBA Finals champions to probably the 76ers, but uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give the Bucks one more game here because I mean we have to remember that these teams had a week off, so maybe a little rusty. They all should have been on their A game because y'all haven't played in a week. But we'll give you maybe a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. You were a little rusty, a little off. All right, now you got game one under your belt. You're still at home. You still got the win. Somehow y'all escaped with the win. I still don't even know. Uh, they escaped with the win somehow. So take a breath. Get right, settle down, and get a, go get it for game number two. But if Giannis is still looking bad in game number two, I think we are going to have to think about reconsider, uh, reconsidering our finals prediction. Because just Giannis was leaving a bad taste in our mouth, and you couple that with that interview right before the playoffs saying, I don't even know if anything's going to be different from last year to this year, and you know now we're totally off this Bucks team. <clears throat> but we'll, we'll, we'll give them one more game. We'll give them game two. All right, let's keep going here. Chris Middleton hit the game winner in overtime. Yes, sir. Chris Middleton, one of the, the only clutch time he's ever had in his entire career. So we're loving it. He was the leading scorer of the squad. 27 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. 3 of 9 from the 3 in that game winner in overtime, baby. The mid-range jumper coming off a little bit of a screen, falling away, and you got to respect the heck out of it. So thank you, Chris Middleton, stepping up. And that's there. Were, there's a lot of silver linings in this Bucks game. Yes, Giannis was trash, but uh, one silver lining was Chris Middleton took it upon himself to go win the game. <clears throat> Fantastic. And another silver lining is... The Heat were on fire from three last night. Duncan Robinson had a, had the best game probably of the season. Seven threes, seven of 13, and they were still able to win. Jimmy Butler took nine threes, which is definitely out of character. Uh, we're trying not to you know, get into the, to the Heat right now, but all the threes, folks, the Heat made 20 threes while the Bucks only made five. So another silver lining, the Bucks were able to stay with the Heat even though their firepower from three was on point and we have not seen this Heat team shoot the three like they did last night this season. Last year in the bubble, yes, they were doing that, but not this season, not this good, not this well uh, like they did last night. So another silver lining here for the Bucks. why we're not going to totally Bell on this Bucks team just quite yet because of Chris Middleton stepping up, because the Heat were just shooting the barrage of three, hitting them at a great pace, hitting a lot of them 20, and they were still able to squeak out the win. So that's, these are some big silver linings here, but we also want to see Giannis get better in game number two. Alrighty, Brooke Lopez, 18 points, 8 rebounds, very solid there. Dante DiVincenzo, 3 points on 5 shots, he's definitely going to have to be a lot better. Yes, he had 10 rebounds, but he was still a minus 6 on the floor. He's got to be better, folks. He truly, he's, the, he's the worst player in that starting lineup, so we got we to gotta get more out of Dante. And then Drew Holiday, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. He shot 0-5 from the 3. You know, another, you know, like we said, the Bucks very abysmal from 3 last night. But they were still able to get the win. So I, we need everybody to shoot the 3 better. We need Giannis to please hit the gosh darn free throws. And, uh, you know, this Bucks team can get past the Heat decently easily because I don't think the Heat are going to be on fire from 3 like they were in that deflating loss from last night is going to even make morale go down a little bit more. And then, you know, we heard Jimmy Butler talk out against Bam Adebayo in the regular season. Hey, Bam, be a little bit more aggressive. Go and drive. You can do this. We know you can, but you need to be aggressive, more aggressive. And we just got Goran Dragic said that last night after the playoff game. Bam Adebayo needs to be more aggressive. So now we're getting everybody saying Bam needs to be more aggressive. If he didn't do it after Jimmy Butler said it, I don't think he's going to do it now that Goran Dragic says it. I, I, I would listen to Jimmy Butler more than Goran Dragic. Uh, so, you know, maybe the chemistry is going to start falling apart here. That was a bad game one loss for the Heat because they were all kind of on, but the Bucks were able to kind of weather the storm. Alrighty, the bench of the Bucks was also lackluster. We got Bobby Portis putting up eight points, leading the squad in scoring off the bench. Four rebounds to go along with that. P.J. Tucker just getting it done defensively, a plus eight on the floor. Once again, why we like this Bucks team. They've got the nice defense um, up, up top in the starters and then off the bench. 
but we need more scoring off the bench. We got Pat Connaughton with only two points on two shots, Brian Forbes five points on five shots, and like we just said, Bobby Portis eight points on six shots, and we know P.J. Tucker, he doesn't score. Zero points on one shot last night. That's not his game. Offensive numbers are not his game. So the Bucks escape in the overtime win over the Heat. Now let's talk about the Heat last night. Jimmy Butler kind of going a little wild here. Uh, like we said, the nine threes, that is totally uncharacteristic. He's shooting like 22% on the year, folks, well below the average. The average is like 33%. This this man is shooting 22. Uh, he doesn't take a lot of threes in the games, but two of nine last night, getting a little reckless down the stretch in the fourth quarter, not the greatest. So Jimmy Butler, 17 points, eight assists, 10 rebounds, four of 22 from the field as well. Big yikes. Trevor Ariza, 8 points, 12 rebounds, 2 of 6 from the 3. Bam Adebayo, 9 points on 4 of 15 from the field, not getting it done. He had 12 rebounds and 5 assists to go along with that. Duncan Robinson, uh, second leading scorer of the squad, but I mean his threes were keeping this Heat team in this game. And we haven't really seen Duncan Robinson do this in the regular season. I, I mean, I've been really underwhelmed by Duncan Robinson the entire year, but he truly got it done last night. 7 of 13 from the 3. Those are the only shots he took those 13 threes and he ends up with 24 points two assists and two rebounds and then Kendrick Nunn at the one 10 points and four rebounds two of six from the three and then off the bench Goran Dragic leading score another player that we can always rely on Goran Dragic 25 points and two rebounds and then Tyler Hero once again a, a decent but also lackluster uh, 10 points which is good you know if you're coming off the bench that's what we're looking for 10 or more points absolutely we can respect it so we got the 10 points but 2 of 10 from the field Two of five from three it's just like gotta be a little bit of a better shooter out here and um just got something's got to change here for this heat team because i don't think they're going to be able to keep up the scoring three pace uh 20 of 50 i mean they shot 40 percent from the three as a team and i don't think duncan robinson is going to be able to keep up this performance and if that happens then other players are going to have to step up scoring if they don't the bucks are going to sweep the series so we'll see what happens game two uh still big question marks in the series can Giannis get right but uh, bucks take game one and the last thing i want to do before we move off of this game is yesterday, uh, Giannis's free throw woes were very, very noticeable last night. So um, he ended up getting a 10-second violation for not shooting the free throw in the 10 seconds. You got 10 seconds. If you don't, if you don't shoot it in the 10 seconds, it, it gets blown dead and it counts as a as a loss of possession. You don't get the free throw, and uh, that's what happened. So uh, this is coming at a minute and six seconds left in the game. Bucks up one, 97-96. Once again, I mean, all these free throws, folks, that Giannis was missing down the stretch, just killing me inside. So I want to go quickly here, and let's time it because it, I don't know, man. I, let's see if it was actually 10 seconds. Um, the Heat have brought it up to the refs. That's why they were, like, looking for it because, you know, a lot of people have been saying this in the regular season. Giannis is taking way more than 10 seconds. So let's count it. We've got the stopwatch here. We've got it. So let's see if this is definitely 10 seconds. Is it more than 10 seconds? Let's see what what Giannis is doing like here so let's get it here I believe the clock starts as soon as the ref tosses him the ball so here we go it's in his hands and we'll start it here here we go three seconds five six seven eight nine ten right there that was ten and it still wasn't on it seemed like the ref blew the whistle at like 10.8 seconds so it does seem it, it, you know, now that we did it, it was 10 second violation. It's just, you know, really, that's what we're going to call now, you know, in the playoffs, 10 second free throw violation. And hey, you know, I respect the Heat for knowing that rule and harping on the rule, especially down late. It's a great sign by the Heat team and, you know, management and the, uh, the refs or and the coaches for noticing it and relaying that to the refs. But it's a little, it's a little lame. Uh, so Giannis, hurry up the free throws. You're, you're missing them anyway. So it doesn't matter. Just shoot it. Just shoot it. Take a jump shot from the free throw line. It doesn't matter. You're going to miss it anyway. Um, all right. So that was our little episode of uh, Myth <laughs> Mythbusters on the day. <laughs> All right, we may have to go a little bit more quickly here because we are 17 minutes out, and we do want to be done by 1 o'clock so we can uh, watch the game. So here we go. Let's keep going here. Mavericks and the Clippers. Mavericks steal game one, baby. And if uh, we, I think I do kind of already want to switch over to the Mavericks here. The, the, the sheer 
offense ability by this Mavs team. Absolutely fantastic. Luka Doncic, 31 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, triple-double in the win. Love it. 5 of 11 from 3. Tim Hardaway Jr., second leading scorer, back in the starting lineup here at the 2. 21 points, 4 rebounds, 5 of 9 from 3. Six man of the year snub. We voted this man our six man of the year. And uh, look what he's doing out here in the playoffs. Getting it done. Love seeing it. Maxi Kleber at the five, six points, nine rebounds, four assists. Kristaps Porzingis still at the four, 14 points and four rebounds, one of five from the three, 30% on 13 shots, not very well. And then Dorian Finney-Smith round out the starters here, 18 points, five rebounds, two assists, four of five from the three. So this is the starting line of the offense. Everybody really got it done. We're all, you know, everybody basically in 10 plus points category. Maxi Kleber not, but, you know, we didn't rely on him anyway. And then off the bench, decent production here. Jalen Brunson, 15 points on 4 of 7 from the field. So that was all very well. And, uh, you know, we were just hearing about the Clippers defense. I mean, if you're watching the game, I mean, that's all you heard about. This Clippers defense, this Clippers defense, this Clippers defense. But they've got no offense. They've got no offense. So this is not a good series here for the Clippers. And remember, they lost their last regular season game, regular season game by benching everybody. They could have avoided this, but this is what they chose. They chose violence, and uh, it's not looking good for them. So Kawhi Leonard, 26 points, 4 steals, 5 assists, 10 rebounds, but 1 of 6 from the 3, and 40% uh, on 22 shots. Not the greatest there. Paul George, 23 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. He was a little playoff P early, like first quarter, but then he started to get it figured out a little bit offensively. He shot 2 of 8 from the 3. Once again, not the best in 44% on 18 shots. Patrick Beverly at the starting point guard position, 10 points, 2 rebounds. Reggie Jackson coming off the bench, letting us down big time. 2 points, 3 assists, 1 of 6 from the field. That's why we want to see Reggie Jackson in the starting lineup because he's uh, way more consistent in this starting lineup where Patrick Beverly, we don't think he adds that much to the starting lineup value. Also off the bench, what do we get here? Nicholas Batum, 11 points, 7 rebounds. Very well done. And Rondo, 11 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds on uh, 23 minutes of play out there off the bench. But somebody's, they're, they're going to have to get more offensive production here. Marcus Morris is going to have to step it up. we got to see Reggie Jackson. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, one of those players need to go for 30 every single night here in this playoffs. Like all every single playoff series, we need somebody to be that elite 30-point scorer. So one of those two have to do it. It would be great if they both did it but we need at least one so uh clippers fall in their first game and it's just kind of laughable that a lot of people are picking this clippers team to be in like the western conference finals i don't get that uh and um you know we're getting proven right by uh <laughs> we did have them winning the first series did we have them losing second series second uh yeah we had them losing to the jazz we had uh the clippers being the mavericks in six but uh you know we didn't really take into account uh, what happened uh, last year i kind of uh blew that over i thought uh, the clippers were going to be on their bullshit this year and finally get it figured out but uh so you can't teach an old dog new tricks and uh that's what this clippers team is old dogs all right, at least let's keep going here. The Nets and the Celtics. Uh, Nets get the win by 11, 104-93, covered the eight-point spread. Bingo, bingo. Uh, so very well, that, well done there. Unfortunately, uh, the Celtics were a lot more competitive than I thought they would be. So let's start here with the Nets first. Uh, Kevin Durant, 32 points, 12 rebounds. He shot one of eight from three. He, he didn't shoot well, but he did put up the 32 points, so we'll definitely take that. Joe Harris, 10 points, three rebounds. He shot two of six from the three. Blake Griffin was the starting five. I don't like that. One point, four assists, three rebounds. He didn't take a three. He didn't even attempt a shot all, all night. He got to the free throw line and only made one of the two. Kyrie Irving, 29 points, six rebounds. He shot two of eight from the three, 55% from the field. And then James Harden, 21 points, eight assists, nine rebounds. Classic James Harden here. Um... And four steals to go along with that. So the usual suspect, suspects getting it done here for the Nets starting lineup. And then off the bench, they didn't really get anything good. Nicholas Claxton played really good off the bench. I was really impressed. He had five rebounds in only 11 minutes. Hopefully he gets more playing time. I thought he did very well down there. Um... But nobody else was really scoring off the bench. So this Nets team is really going to have to get it done. Once again, we're, we're going to give it, kind of chalk it up to uh, you know, a week off, a little rusty a little bit, especially with this Nets team of never really playing together as full healthy starters. Uh, so we'll see how they progress. But I think this series is already over. I do not see the Celtics winning. So let's talk about the Celtics team now. Jason Tatum, 22 points. I mean, that's not going to cut it, folks. It's just not going to cut it. He needs to go for, honestly, 35-plus points every single night. 
here and just hope everybody else can get it done. But 22 points on 30% shooting on 20 shots is not going to get it done. Five assists, three rebounds go along with that. Evan Fournier, this is not going to get it done either. 10 points on 30% shooting. He needs to be better, needs to be more consistent. You need to be Jalen Brown-esque, 20-plus points every single game. So Evan Fournier has to get better here. Tristan Thompson at the 5, 4 points, 10 rebounds. He was a minus 16 on the floor. Kemba Walker, 15 points, 2 assists. He was a minus 21 on the floor, getting locked up by James Harden and Kyrie Irving all night. Um, and then Marcus Smart, he actually had a pretty good night here. 17 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, and he shot 3 of 8 from the 3. So not bad there, but overall, this Celtics team is super lackluster, and you can't count on Evan Fournier. You can't count on Kemba Walker. So we're looking at nothing here for the Celtics team, uh, obviously, besides Jason Tatum. Um, off the bench here, Robert Williams, very well done. 11 points, 9 rebounds. I do like Robert Williams over Tristan Thompson. We'll see if they ever make that switch there in the starting lineup. Um, they need to do something. Uh, so Brad Stevens, go and make that adjustment now. Robert Williams, 22 minutes off the bench. Tristan Thompson, 24 minutes in the starting lineup. Just go and make the switch. Get off to a good start so you're not playing from behind. I know they started on a good start this game and because uh, the Nets were a little rocky at the beginning. Once again, chalking that just up to we were off for a full week. So we're going to see what happens in game two for this Nets team. But still... Um, Robert Williams is the sheer better big, so get him into that starting lineup. Also off the bench, Aaron Nesmith, five points on five shots, not getting it done. Peyton Pritchard, only playing six minutes, didn't score, only took one shot, but uh, we got to get better offensive production here. We got to get more offensive production. And Aaron Nesmith played 16 minutes. Peyton Pritchard played six. I would kind of flip it. Aaron Nesmith has really not shown us anything great where Peyton Pritchard has shown us decent stretches, you know, two, maybe three games, a couple of them here and there, where he was able to get us to 10 to 15 points off the bench and looking real solid, so efficiently. So. Uh, I would like to see Peyton Pritchard play more than six minutes here, but uh, we'll see what Brad Stevens does. And lastly, before we close out this game, Jabari Parker playing 21 minutes off the bench, nine points and four rebounds. Not bad. Uh, so Celtics just coming up a little short here, losing by 11. And then the last game of the night, the Blazers and the Nuggets. Blazers win 123-109. Nuggets really floundering in the fourth quarter. Uh, floundering in the fourth quarter. In the third quarter, really getting outscored 38-25 to and then not really being able to uh, overcome that in the fourth quarter. So a little unfortunate here by the Denver Nuggets. Like we said, this was the Blazers' best chance, best opportunity matchup here to advance to the second round, and they went out and took game one. So we give a lot of respect to this Blazers team. Damian Lillard, 34 points, 13 assists, two rebounds on 5 of 12 from the three. C.J. McCollum, 21 points, six rebounds, three of seven from three. Nurchich, 16 points, 12. 12 rebounds. Robert Covington, 8 points, but only on 5 shots. And then Norman Powell, 10 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. Didn't shoot well at all. 1 of 4 from the 3 and 3 of 11 from the field for 27%. But everybody kind of getting nice scoring. And then off the bench, I mean, this is, this is, wow, wow, what a turnaround. I mean, getting it done. Carmelo Anthony, 18 points on 50% shooting. And Anthony Simons, 14 points and 4 rebounds on 83% shooting. Where had they been all regular season? Season. So the bench really got it done here for the Blazers. That was our biggest red flag on this team, and they step up for game one. So we're definitely all about this Blazers team. Let's see if they can keep it up for game number two and throughout the playoffs. Alrighty, let's go to the Nuggets now. Michael Porter Jr., 25 points and 9 rebounds, but awful shooting from the 3. 1 of 10 from the 3. Now, he was 57% from the field uh, overall. He was getting it done in the mid-range, but the 3-point, I mean, if you take off, you know, these 10 threes, he's looking at, um, he's looking at, um, give me a second. Give me a second to do the math. Can I do the math? I think that's 100%. That'd be 100%. He would have shot 12, 11 of 11. He would have shot 11 of 11 if it wasn't for the three. So he's got to get a little bit better on the three, which we know he is. This was just a little bit of a bad game. Once again, maybe chalking it up to not playing for a full week. Once again, just first game of the playoffs. So we're not going to take it 
too heavily. We're going to weigh it decently heavily, but not over the top heavy. Week out. All right, Jokic now, 34 points, 6 rebounds. He did very well all game. Aaron Gordon, 16 points, 8 rebounds. We needed him to step up the scoring a little bit, and he did it with the 16. That's pretty solid there. But Austin Rivers in the starting lineup now with the 2. 6 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds. And Capazzo still at the 1. 8 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. And then the bench. Monte Morrissey did put up 10 points and 5 assists. Very well done there. Uh, but then uh, Marcus Howard, 7 points. Paul Millsap, 3 points. Michael Green, 0 points off the bench. So this kind of lackluster scoring ability, we can always rely on Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., but besides that, it's real spotty. So we are going to have to see this Nuggets team start to figure out how we can score points besides Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., because when you look at this uh, Blazers team, Norman Powell, Damian Lillard, McCollum, Nurchich, Carmelo, Anthony Simons, that's six deep that are just, that just showed you showed y'all that they can score the ball. They can score the ball highly efficiently in playoff games. So the Nuggets, a little bit in danger here. Regroup, refocus, get ready for game two you're definitely going to need it all right that was all the nba from last night so here we go today's action tipping off in five minutes maybe a little bit more like we already were saying but here we go uh wizards 76ers tipping off at one o'clock Lakers, Suns is the 3.30 game. Hawks, Knicks, 7 o'clock. And then the Grizzlies, Jazz at 9.30 tonight. So let's get our lines up to date. We didn't do the greatest last night. One in three of our four games, only hitting on the Nets minus eight. But, uh, you know, we learned from last night. And let's go apply that learning today to today's action and make some money. So... Here we go. First game up is the Wizards and the 76ers. Wizards plus 8, 76ers minus 8. All right, a little interesting there. Everybody's going to go for the Wizards, and everybody's going to go for the 76ers team. So the 76ers, they got Joel Embiid, folks, and that's beef down low, and the Wizards do not have anybody to really stop them. Robin Lopez, Alex Len, I'm not believing in any of them. So we are going to kind of swallow the 8 points here. Uh, I really think the 76ers are going to get it done game 1. The Wizards... Even though they've been really solid here, um, kind of back half of the season, they really never have beaten those elite teams, not even like the top eight teams, top six teams in the NBA. Uh, they were always kind of winning against the bottom of the barrel teams, and that's really how they kind of, you know, got up to that eighth seed to get into the playoffs, which we definitely respect, but now we're in the first round of the playoffs. I don't really see the Wizards being competitive. I know Russell Westbrook's going to be that dog and do whatever it takes in his power to win the game, and I understand that, but I'm going to swallow the points here with the 76ers. 76ers minus eight. All right, Lakers, Suns. Lakers plus two, Suns minus two, and that's, I I love it, folks. LeBron James is a game-time decision. Anthony Davis is a game-time, folks, they're playing. That's nonsense. Um, and then for the Suns, just Abdel Nader's out, but I don't see what everybody else is saying, seeing on this Lakers team. I know it's LeBron James, but we can't count on him. I get it. And it is Anthony Davis down low against DeAndre and not the greatest, but they still have Jay Crowder to help out, of the, out on that beef down low. And Jay Crowder was part of that Heat team last year that got to the finals in that first round matchup against the Bucs. He was a huge piece of that to beat the Bucs and, you know, get it done down low against Giannis and Brooke Lopez. So I do think Jay Crowder is going to be able to handle Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond a little bit there. DeAndre Ayton's just going to have to, you know, be solid down low. And then it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker taking over. But the supporting cast of the Lakers outside of LeBron and AD is so lackluster in the decent defense that the Suns play. I mean, we talked about Dennis Schroeder getting locked up against Steph Curry in that playing tournament game. I got Chris Paul better as a better defender over Steph Curry, and Dennis Schroeder is still going to flounder here. So we're going to take the Suns minus two and a half here I really think that's great value I don't see this series being competitive but let's see if uh, I'm wrong I don't think I am but we'll see <laughs> Alrighty, Atlanta Hawks and the Knicks, and man, oh man, they are testing us here. Pick them, no points, zero points awarded. Whoever wins, that's the winning bet. So, Hawks a pick them, Knicks a pick them. Jeez Louise, we knew this series was going to be close, but they didn't have to start, start us off like that to give us a little play for game one. Dang. Uh, so, for the Hawks, uh, uh, Brandon Goodwin is out and Cam Reddish is out. And then for the Knicks, just Mitchell Robinson is a game time decision. So basically the usual suspects are still out. Um, 
So, man, it's game one. It's Nick's first game in the garden, in the playoffs, with 15,000 rocking, roaring fans. I'm going to take the Knicks in game one. Like I said, I like the Hawks in seven, but game one, feet uh, you know, feet getting wet in this playoff series. I'm going to take the Knicks defense in the, in the crowd to be the main differences here, and the Hawks just coming up a little short here. So I'm taking the Knicks uh, in the pickup. And then the Jazz and the Grizzlies. Grizzlies plus nine. Jazz minus nine. Whoa. Whoa. This Grizzlies team is good defense, folks. And their one through five lines up absolutely very well with the Jazz one through five, at least in the starters. Yes, the Jazz are very deep, and the Grizzlies aren't that deep as uh, the Jazz are. But that starting lineup matches up very, very well from bigs to guards to forwards. They they just match up truly across the board. And this is Donovan Mitchell's first game back. Is he gonna be ready is he gonna be right is he gonna be in the rhythm so everybody's gonna go for the Grizzlies and Ur uh, Urson Ilyasova is a game time decision for the Jazz so I'm taking the Grizzlies plus nine here folks that's a lot of points to give up the Grizzlies play very good defense they usually kind of rise to the occasion a little bit they don't always beat the best teams but they are usually always competitive rising up to the occasion I don't really think they ever get blown out by the best teams consistently so game one Grizzlies already kind of you know feet wet here like we said I mean we saw a lot of kind of we haven't played in a week so we're maybe a little rusty shooting the ball defensively this that going into overtime not being really 100% certain but this Grizzlies team was just playing back-to-back -back games in those playing tournaments getting it done winning winning and go win or go home folks the Grizzlies were the ninth seed they didn't have that luxury of having that game one pass of losing so they went they won game one, they won game two, earned their way into the playoffs, and they're kind of in rhythm. John Morant's on his bullshit. I mean, did y'all just forget what Dylan Brooks has done? Just take the last three games against the Warriors, their last regular season game, the first uh, first playing tournament game against the Spurs, and then the second playing tournament game against the Warriors. I mean, Dylan Brooks getting it done defensively, Donovan Mitchell's first game back, I don't think they're right. We're going to take the Grizzlies plus the nine points here. Alrighty, that's going to do it for us today. It's 101. We are going to end the show today because, folks, playoffs are tipping off. So we got to go get ready for that. So thanks for tuning in today. We're back tomorrow, noon Eastern, breaking down all these games again, and uh, we'll see you there. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow, folks.